I'm Hemant Metta. And I'm Jessica Blimke. And you're listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. You can now listen to all of our episodes and see show notes at FriendlyAtheistPodcast.com. Dr. Stephen Tomlins is a researcher and graduate of the University of Ottawa who has just co-edited a new academic book called The Atheist Best Campaign, Global Manifestations and Responses. It looks at the various advertising campaigns, billboards, bus ads, and the like all over the world. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. So let's talk about where this idea started. Were you involved in it from the start to advertise that atheists exist on buses and billboards, or have you? did you come into it a little bit later? You know, I came into it later. I'd seen it in the news. I was in religious studies. Um, I was interested in religious studies originally, more of a way to understand the different cultures around me. And as such, I noticed a lot of issues in the news, and that popped up around 2008, 2009. And then around 2013, I decided uh, with a friend of mine who was also studying atheism at the University of Ottawa that it would be something to do to do a uh, co-edit an article on the atheist bus campaign in Canada. And so when we were doing this, we knew that it originated in the UK, but we had no idea until we did more of the research that it actually occurred in 15 other or 14 other countries. Hmm. And so then we started looking into the research of that for comparisons for ourselves, and we realized there was just a lack of academic research on that. So we thought, well, this would be a great idea for a book, and um, that's how we started. Which... I mean, the first campaign started in the UK. And can you tell us about what that campaign was? Because I think from my perspective, because I was covering this stuff when it happened, you know, this one campaign goes up, it goes viral in a huge sense. And everyone just realized, oh, we can kind of do that too. I don't know why we didn't think of this before. <laughs> and then it just goes all over the place. And it seems like I don't know. It seems like atheists had no idea we could advertise our non-belief in such a public way. And, I mean, you could get money for this. Uh, Some groups were sponsoring this. But, like, why did this campaign, of all campaigns, go so viral? What was it about that one in the U.K.? You're right. I think, well, it occurred along the same lines of this phenomenon that the media was calling new atheism. And so you had Richard Dawkins and... Christopher Hitchens and Harris, and to a lesser extent, Bennett, in the media a lot. And then with um, Arian Shireen, if that's how you pronounce her name, Arian Shireen, she's the one who started it in the UK, a comedian, and she had seen a Christian ad on a bus and said, well, why can't I put an ad up? So it really, you know, it was her idea. And then she wrote an article in the comment section of The Guardian in the UK. And then a lot of people supported the idea in her article, which was, let's put up an atheist bus ad. And then they negotiated a, um, a slogan, and it ended up with, there's probably no God, and stop worrying and enjoy your life. <laughs> so from there, I think the media uh, experience in the UK, it, it was a lot of media coverage. And interestingly, it didn't seem to have a lot of um, complaints. We had, I think there was one Muslim bus driver who said he wouldn't uh, ride on the bus. But besides that, it went on hundreds of buses, and there wasn't any real issues with it. And I think that... Other countries, like Canada, said, well, why can't we do the same thing, almost in solidarity with the original movement, but then catering it a little bit more specifically to their own message of what they want to get across. So the slogan started to shift from country to country, but a lot of them did try to use the same, or did use the same slogan, but a lot also shifted it a little bit. 
So it seems like almost every time we see that one of these bus ads or billboards or whatever went up, we hear about it's being pulled down or so-and-so wouldn't fund it or it's getting protested. What is it about saying something as innocuous as there's probably no God or even less innocuous, more innocuous, more innocuous? Less Something like that. More I mean, we've seen there's it's billboards like, that say, "I am an atheist." Yeah, that just, literally say the word "atheist." Right. That it, have been uh, that have been controversial. Or just like a picture of a person, like, "Hey, I am an atheist." Thumbs up, and like people are like, "No." So, what is it about just pr- saying that we exist that spi- inspires such, I don't know, fear? Animosity, animosity from people? Yeah. Well, I'll say my favorite example of that is in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia. Uh, the Humanist Association was putting out an ad that said, you can be good without God. Just as simple as that. You can be good without God. And they were told that was too offensive, and they had to tone it down. And it was like, <laughs> How do you down, tone that down? Me. How do you How tone do you a tone message that like down? that? You could probably be good so, without God. <laughs> but why do they? I think it's... Um, on, on the, it looked like in that case, from the advertisers themselves, okay, I'm not going to guess their religious persuasion or anything, but it their answers were that it would be offensive to the older population around. And we have a, a rule that we don't allow offensive ads up and we don't allow religious ads up either. And then people usually go into it and find out that, well, you did allow religious ads. If they're consistent afterwards, they did stop allowing Christian ads. Um, they're usually Christian. But um, I think it's it's defensive just socially in a sense because it's, it, it's letting people know that there is this growing movement of atheists out there. And it might be scary to some Christians or people who don't think about it too much. But I, I think you had a real mix. Like in Canada, when we first looked at it, we had Halifax that banned it. BC, British Columbia banned it as well, Vancouver, um, saying that we don't allow political or religious ads. And that was consistent at the time. But the Supreme Court of BC overturned that to allow political group in so since they've been allowed to use them. Ottawa, it was a reaction from the advertising campaign that said, well, we get public funding and we don't allow a possibly offensive ads, so we're not going to allow it. And it was actually City Hall that came and overturned the ban, saying that, well, our charter of rights and freedoms extends to atheists. So I think you have a good mix here, even in Canada. But when you look at other countries, it's the same situation. Some cities would allow it, some wouldn't. So in Germany, every single city just said no. Um, but they don't apparently allow religious ads anyways or political ads for historical reasons. Um, they don't like to do that too often. So uh, that's what I gather from that. And then in Australia, you had like some cities would allow it, others wouldn't. So there's a big mix, but there's no consistency. I'm, I'm curious, when you found places that wouldn't allow atheist billboards, would you find that that was consistent and they also wouldn't? allow Christian or Muslim billboards as well? Or do, was there a little bit of hiding behind a rule that was no, normally never enforced? In case, it was not for this really case. consistent. Um, number one, I didn't really look into Islamic ads. And I, I point that out at the end of the introduction, that that would be something that would be interesting to look at. Do they have any any non other religious groups? Sorry, do they have any issues with getting ads out? But you look at somewhere like Italy. It was They were told, the atheists were told, don't allow religious ads out. And then a week later, because the Catholics were already going to respond to the atheist ad that had just been banned, um, all the Catholic ads went up. Oh, so the ones that were in response to the atheist <laughs> ad, but the atheist ads didn't go up, or they went up for maybe a day and came down. So there's no consistency there. Other ones like Spain did allow, they have a large Catholic population, and the, the media, there was a lot of um, 
the Catholic Church talking about how these ads are harmful and hurt, hurtful and stuff like that, but they did allow it to run. So what, it's hard what, to really say for every country. It's a good comparison. What counts as a success? Because I'm really curious about this. Uh, these groups, whether it's one donor funding it or they crowdsource it or what have you, they're paying thousands of dollars to put up some of these billboards, bus ads for like a month. What counts as a success? Is it just based on how much media hits, how many media hits they get, how much they're in the news? Is it like number of new members to their groups? Is it how many deconverts they get? And which I don't even know how you could measure. Yeah. But what counts as a success or is it different depending on the country? Uh, generally, it seems that they would say that it was to let other atheists know they're out there and they're not alone and to let Christians know, hey, we're here too and we share this country. That's the kind of sense you get generally. You don't get the sense that they want to use the word proselytize to uh, to convert people. So in Germany, when they did their original ad campaign, they said they did it because they just wanted to raise awareness of who they are. However, um, because they were banned on the on the regular city buses, they rented their own double-decker bus and put the ad on the bus and then started driving around the country. And a Christian group decided to follow them with their own bus <laughs> and their own ad, countering it. And so the media took notice and called it a proselytizing. I can't pronounce the word right. Proselytizing. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and, uh, and it called it that. And the, the media story became that the atheists are to convert you, but the Christians are right behind trying to convert you too. So it was just to change the story. But usually it was about awareness, and it wasn't about um, drive, trying to drive people to atheism. I didn't really hear that. Do you um, think? Trying to do think, you, or I might have, but <laughs> it didn't really come across. Do you and think the, there was more? There was more specific reasons they would have the ad. So in Ireland, they had an ad up saying that it's illegal to be president or to be a judge in um, Ireland if you're an atheist. And we need to change this law. Mm-hmm. And so then it would be really specific, you know, what they want. They want to change the law, but, you know, didn't really drive that. So it's, for success, I would say it was a media campaign. It had a small number of buses. A lot of people didn't really see them. However, a lot of people heard of them and seen them uh, through images and media. So to me, success, I think, for most would probably be uh, the size of the media, the amount of media attention they got and interviews and stuff like that, which would, you know, do what they want at the purpose of raising awareness that they're there. I mean, I remember in Chicago when we put up a billboard for the United Coalition of Reason, mm-hmm. uh, we got maybe one media hit or something. Uh, it was a brief mention in a local, I mean, a big paper in Chicago, but it wasn't a huge article or anything. And that was pretty yeah. much it. And I remember internally, we pretty much said, well, that didn't really do anything. I don't yeah. think we call that a success. But I wonder if you put up this ad and I mean, it is a big ad and people will see it, but the media doesn't really cover it. You know, does it count as a failure? It's almost like if a tree falls in the woods, I mean, no one's around to hear it. Because yeah. if the what's more important then? Is it the billboard or is the media attention that follows? And it sounds like what you're saying is the media attention is really what matters in all of these cases. Yeah, like Croatia. They had the billboard for one day that no God, no master. And it was pulled after a day. But the media attention lasted for months. Nice. Because it, it just raised a bunch of different issues in the media, hmm. especially what you know, public space and um, feminism, just everything. That, a lot of different issues came up with it, so it was just 
spread through the media. So in a sense, that was a success. Physically, it was just one billboard. Yeah, I'm. I think there has to be some certain. I'm sure uh, you can speak to this more than I can. But about so we put one up in Chicago, right? Which there's definitely religious people here, but they've at least like mostly met atheists or are aware that it's an option. I'm wondering if yeah. it's. It. I mean, is there even that much of a point to put it in like a large metro area versus, a you know, a small European nation or a state that's a little. Okay, I was going to be more subtle than that, but you do you. But did I ask a question at the end of that? Did I, I don't remember what I was saying? Well, no, I guess okay. your question was whether it made a difference in big city or small town. I don't know because it's mostly big cities that people are going to, so Thank I can't you. really speculate. I'm sure in a small town, I'm just guessing it would be a bigger issue. But um, I'm curious, when did you put the ad up? This was uh, this was a few years ago. I'm trying to remember the exact message we used, but it was one of the "We can be good without God." Uh, is your so, face on it? So can you? My face was not on it, which is why the billboard went up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you would have got more media coverage. <laughs> it would have. I know that would have been a freaky billboard. Actually, no. That brings up another question, which I've gotten in a lot of trouble for saying this, but on my website, I did. People okay, were very Trump mad. Trump starts all of his phrases like this, so I'm really nervous where this is going. Here's where I'm going with this. People are going to be really mad about this, but... My argument was that it doesn't matter what these billboards look like. You could have, like, a yellow billboard with Comic Sans font saying, we are atheists, and the media attention's gonna come no matter what. So my argument was, you don't need to pay extra money to get a nice design. Mm -hmm. Just get a crappy design, pay for the billboard, let it come down in a day because someone complains. You will get the media attention. It doesn't matter. There are people who are arguing yeah. that we are atheists putting our face or our message forward. So we have to look professional and mm. smart and not comic sans. And yeah. to me, that just seems like a waste of money. So my argument is graphic design for the billboards does not matter because once you put the message up there, the media attention comes. That's what matters. But if- so my question is, you've seen a lot of these billboards. You've seen what they look like in different countries. Does the design make a difference? Well, okay, that's an interesting one, separating <laughs> the design. Because, number one, a lot of them use the same font and same design as the UK ad. When they're using the, there's probably no God, no stop arguing. Yeah, we are using a lot of the same templates. Yes. Pardon? Yeah, we are. A lot of different places are using the same templates created by the Atheist Bus Campaign or the United Coalition for Reason. So, yeah. When you do that, but when you do that, the media um, anticipates that. So, in Canada, they just right away were like, uh, like one of them, Halifax or BC, was like, well, the um, this one's already run and it's other places and it's been controversial and we don't want to bring a controversial offensive ad here, possibly offensive ad here. So in a sense, it's, it's, they could Google it and understand where it's been and, and look at it from that angle. When I, when I look at, try to think of how the image or the, um, yeah. What's the ugliest ad you've come across <laughs> in all your research? Well, they were all pretty, they're all pretty, pretty decent looking, but I think the most interesting was um, Brazil because they used images. And so I forget the exact image, but it was, um, what was it? It was like, um, so they put up a picture of Mother Teresa saying she's she did something bad or whatever. And then they would, people would just post it. Or no, it would be like religious and it would have like a picture of Mother Teresa and say something she might have done that was wrong. And they'd, they'd post it with uh, Adolf Hitler, uh, non-atheist oh, or whoever. Go. 
to counter it with uh, with that. So you've got a lot of interesting graffiti and different people actually yeah. take the time to print out billboard size posters to cover the original poster up to keep the same message. I don't think comparing Mother Teresa to Hitler, it's even, not a, even it's though not a message I'm, that'll sell. Even, even if I understand where who it was, they right. had it was something like religious, and it was some. I, do, the I, do, I get where they're going. And then the, whoever I, posted over it posted it with Hitler as if he's the example of an atheist. Which he's not. But Which, yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, I do remember also, seeing a billboard, maybe it was Pennsylvania, where they basically quoted a Bible verse that said, like, uh, slaves obey your masters mm. because that's what the Bible verse says. And their argument was, look at this horrible verse that's yeah. in the Bible. But it looked like the atheist group was saying, hey, black people, obey your masters. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. the reaction everyone oh, had. No. That is the only argument, by the way, I have heard in rebuttal to the design doesn't matter argument that I thought, okay, that's a good point. That was, that was not a smart way of from the design angle. So you're, you're, you know, this is something that I'll be going home thinking about as well. Right? <laughs> but like, I, I, my thesis here, my thesis no. here is that anyone who wants to could put up a billboard in white background, comic sans black font Stop that says it's the worst font. Fine. Papyrus. <laughs> and it says we are atheists and you would cause a controversy for cheap, if you did it in but, like a religious. But case. here's my argument, and and tell me if I'm wrong, Steve. Stephen, okay. I'm sorry. I I hate when people do that to me. I anyway, my argument is this: I don't think that the expensive part of putting these campaigns together is necessarily the design work. Like, it's not I, the most expensive. You're right. So but, I think like if we're gonna cut costs, yeah. <laughs> let's maybe like put up something at least kind of nice looking and like with a message and like a pretty person's face and not one of our dumb faces on there and like <laughs> shell out the $200 well, I, well, and get a graphic design student to do it. look at it though, for the most part, I think part of what was interesting was this uniformity of message, right? Because then it became almost like what interested me was it was that kind of global movement feel to it. I wouldn't say particularly necessarily because a lot of the messages shifted and it was different ones that didn't look the same, but just the fact that they did have that unity, I think, helped some of in some of the countries say, well, let's, we want to belong to this movement. We want to create our own ad, put it up and see what happens, get our message out. Whereas in the States, it's probably a different perspective because the chapter that we got for the States had, I forget how many, it was dozens and dozens and dozens of billboards that they were able to analyze, whereas in Canada, it's two different types of messages, right? right. And then in, like, in Spain, you had one message so all these other countries are dealing with like one atheist message and then the states has all of a sudden like 40 or 50 or so do you think so these... i think it's there's something there but i think the unity kind of help might have helped it it's we spread along i'm not sure do you think these billboards have helped the cause of atheism in the sense that uh more people have become atheists or that uh, more religious people are like, oh, there are atheists in my community. Um, in that sense, do you think it's helped us, or do you think the controversy surrounding these things has uh, caused some sort of backlash against atheists? I don't think it's—I think it depends on location. I think in—because I know Canada best. Speaking of Canada, the studies or the stats, the polls all showed there was just indifference. Nobody really cared one way or the other when they were asked if about the ad— and they only kind of cared when it was, um, they were asked about should it be banned? And it'd be like, no, no, freedom of expression. And 
and that was really it. And then a lot of Christian groups came forward and said, we believe that they have the right to have their ads up. And so the, the controversy became free speech, you know, freedom of speech versus the, 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 the right or whatever you will not to be offended. And so that became an issue in a lot of places. So would you say there is one message that you thought was kind of the most effective or the best at conveying, you know, conveying your message, being controversial enough to drum up a little publicity, but not too controversial and that it was straight up offensive to somebody? Do you think there is one that really just kind of hit the bullseye? Hit the bullseye. The perfect slogan. Um, <laughs> gosh. This one's a toughie. If uh, not, no, we can just write one right now. So we can close. just spit one. So you get like the Netherlands would be like, there's probably no God there to think for yourself and enjoy life. Uh-huh. New Zealand, there's probably no God and stop worrying and enjoy life. It, it, it just kind of went through that. I don't think it was one that the other ones that were alternatives to that. I don't think anything stood out as being like, oh, this one's going to, well, it depends what you want. Like this one's going to change anyone's mind. And to, 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 Re-answer a question you asked earlier. I don't think there's um there's a way of telling right now, uh, at least unless you start interviewing or doing surveys. There were many people that were affected to become atheists because of that. I think. Um, I wish there was a way to is, quantify so that. I don't, I don't know, know that there is necessarily in places like Canada. But then again, there could have very well be a backlash in somewhere like um, Italy or Spain, where they felt some people felt that it was in their face. So. It's such a big, when I'm looking at the world like this, 15 different countries, it's hard to really generalize, right? Yeah. It's so weird that we're even having this discussion because Jessica and I have both driven around the Midwest where we see these crappy billboards. 65, man. Yeah, where they just say, hell is near (laughs) Mm -hmm. with one word on every billboard. Yeah. Like there's a billboard with is. Hell is (laughs) near near or real? Near, real, whatever it is. But you're just like, okay, they just put that up and they didn't even think about it. And we're like, Dis- we're, yeah. You're writing an academic book about our billboards. Yeah, we're trying to like discern ROI on our no. billboards. <laughs> yeah. Hey, okay, there was a time when the UK billboard came out, and maybe for two or three years afterwards, where I swear I was writing articles about every billboard that went up, yeah. and it happened like once or twice a week in different countries, different cities. And it's down. And we're done. Yeah, like it hasn't, now it happens maybe once every few months. Uh, around the world did atheists jump the shark did it lose its like did the billboards lose their teeth or like why did we just suddenly stop i don't know it did seem to kind of trickle down a little didn't it um yeah i'm not sure i was looking at this one period of time so it's hard to know i can tell you i haven't seen any atheist billboards here in ottawa (laughs) or any any bus ads um but then again, even the use of the words like new atheism, unless you're in circles or kind of right. something you might have to explain now to somebody who's just finishing high school, right? right. <laughs> what did you, after doing all your research and exploring all these different countries, did you learn anything that you just had no idea about uh, when you started your research? Well, I learned an awful lot about, like, each country I had no idea. Like, um, Russia, I didn't, like, they put up a billboard, and then, well, to me, it's the interesting stories from each country, but also tells you a bit about their history. Like, Russia, it was, they tried to put up a, a bus ad 
and they were banned. And then they put up an ad that argued from their constitution or whatever it was that they have a separation of church and state. And that one was banned. And they were just told it was um, too controversial or something like that, the usual. Quoting their constitution was too controversial. Quoting their constitution was too controversial. Yeah, exactly. It was considered too controversial. It wasn't allowed. So, yeah, the Constitution was uh, the the Russian Federation is a secular state. No religion may be established as a state or obligatory (laughs) one. That's what they wanted to put up, and they were told they couldn't. And then afterwards, (laughs) they created a new form of blasphemy law, and that was used for pussy riot later. So, like, to me, it's like that was interesting. And then the Germany situation where you've got a Christian bus following the German bus around. It's just <laughs> interesting. <laughs> and, and, um, and looking at like Australia, I didn't realize that part of their debate became about the fact that atheists weren't protected by freedom of expression or speech because no one is. It was um, They don't have a Bill of Rights, and it's been debated there whether they should get one or not, and it became part of the larger debate there was on whether they should have one or not. Um, so it was all these little things from each country. Brazil, I didn't really know much about. That one's really interesting. And now that I think about it, the one I should, I just flip through to see the picture. It was, um, I don't know where I got Mother Teresa from. must have been my nation there. It was um, Adolf Hitler that they put up that does believe in God, the atheist. And the counter of that was people posted up pictures of Stalin to cover that. <laughs> So, so athe- just to reiterate that, atheists put up a billboard of Adolf Hitler saying this guy it was said, a Christian, basically. And it says, does not believe in God. Or, or sorry. Does, he does believe in God. Yeah. They put Charlie Chaplin up and put does not believe in God. And then they put Hitler up and says believes in God. Oh, I kind of love <laughs> that, actually. You sold me on that last part with Charlie Chaplin. I'm on board. It was Charlie Chaplin with the atheist, and Hitler was the religious fellow. And then they they started posting over pictures, um, the image of Chaplin with you know pictures of Stalin and different <laughs> communist personalities and stuff like, like that. It's such a terrible argument, but I really love that billboard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it gets the conversation started, yeah. which is kind of the brilliant thing. I mean, this is what Ariane uh, Shireen did in Britain so well. She got a conversation going that that people weren't necessarily having. Mm-hmm. And Stephen, like you said, with the new atheism thing, I mean, what makes Richard Dawkins, Sam Harris-Hitchens such a big deal is that they kind of broke free of the atheist bubble. They got this mm-hmm. message into the mainstream where people were talking about it. And these bus ads kind of did the same thing in cities where, you know, people may not have thought there were many atheists at all, and suddenly they're realizing, oh, there are groups for them yeah. in this city. Yeah. I And I've heard from plenty of people who said, I didn't know there was a group, but I saw that billboard and I realized that describes me. And then <laughs> yeah, they followed yeah, the website. That's and interesting. That's, I mean, it would be I've interesting heard... to see if there was a spike in membership. But then again, at the same time frame, there was a spike in readership for sure of like the new atheist books are very popular. Absolutely. I'm not sure what their sales are now, but right. I have heard from individual group leaders, many of them, that when they put up the billboards, they did have a spike in membership almost across the board. Um, I mean, it certainly didn't go down, but a a lot of them saw if they had regular meetings anyway, they Uh did see an increase in membership. That's good. uh, Especially if the media coverage was there and especially if they were my favorite part in all of this. When you see the reactions, Stephen, you mentioned some of these billboards say we can be good without God. 
that is a harmless, yeah. positive message. Yeah. But every time the media covers these stories, they have to interview, you know, men and women on the street. What do you think of that billboard? And inevitably, they'll say, I'm offended by it, which is well, exactly. ridiculous. And so they're not going to use the guy who's just like, I don't care. Right, use exactly. Between the people who care, right? But the fact that there are people out there who are like, what, atheists? I'm offended by your existence. And you know, those are the same people who are like, we can't use the N word anymore because everybody's so easily offended. <laughs> I'm assuming that Venn diagram. But whenever is like they a have, <laughs> yeah, whenever they have those media hits, those news clips, that's when people start talking about it in the communities. That's when the mm-hmm. letters to the editors start, and that's when you see a spike in membership. It's unbelievable. I don't know if it's sustained, but it did happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting because I, I don't really have any stats or anything like that on how it might have affected people when it comes to membership and how to differentiate between that and the new atheism itself. Because I know from, say, the university I went to, an atheist group started up around the same time, but they never mentioned the atheist bus ads as being anything that drove them there. But it, well, it was probably two years later when they started it up, but they definitely had like, you know, poster up on table day with Christopher Hitchens and Dawkins and, and stuff like that. So. Well, we're uh, about to wrap up. And last question is, what's what's next for you? What are you going to study next? Are you going to stay on the same track or try something new? Well, I don't know. The future's wide open. I graduated uh, a few months ago and I just got a job at a think tank, a nonprofit think tank called the Institute on Governance. So I'm studying different issues to do with governance and indigenous governing in Canada and stuff like that, nation to nation. So it's something I'm doing now as a researcher, but I'm open to the future. And one thing I've always been interested in is, you know, thinking of if I did do another book would be looking at the blasphemy law from different countries like Canada, because mm-hmm. obviously the states never had one, but Canada had one and they used it five times. And I think it'd be interesting if I come up with a way to package a book, maybe like the English Commonwealth countries that had blasphemy laws and just look historically to see how atheists were treated through the use of these laws. Yeah, yep, that would, I think that would be something interesting. So that would be fascinating. It is amazing how there are some westernized countries, Ireland, like that have blasphemy yeah. laws Ugh, that it's crazy. you're it's just ridiculous that Canada has it, Ireland has it, whether or not it's enforced. Well, exactly. Some of them are just grandfathered in. Like we have one here that it's illegal to make money off of um claiming to be a witch. And that wasn't used <laughs> for quite a long time until a few until like 5 years ago or so and Jessica's side career is over. He was paying a witch to heal him, and the police charged the witch for uh, trying to heal him while claiming to be a witch. That was such a plot twist. So sometimes they can pull these old old laws out, so I think that some of these should be looked at, but it it would be a way to kind of draw attention to it. Also a way historically to know a little bit more about atheism um, from the founding of a lot of these countries, because it's not like there's a lot, well... I don't know what I'm trying to say anymore. That's all right. We're still stuck on the witch's line. It's all good. Can you write a book about how that became a thing? Because I want to read it. But I think it would be good because I've I've done some work on the Canadian one. You got to really dig it up. So it's it's fun. And like I was trying to say, it was basically like picking up atheism in Canada at the turn of the century is not like the easiest thing to do. It's not like there's a bunch of um, atheist writers out there in Canada. I love how someone must have thought that was a problem. But it's like there were a few that were persecuted. So it'd be interesting to look at that, see if it's the same in other countries. 
What yeah. a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> thank okay. you so much. Again, the book, oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> Dr. Stephen Tomlin's, the book is called The Atheist Bus Campaign, Global Manifestations and Responses. It is, I should say, it's an academic book. It's an expensive book. But if you go to college, if you have a local library, you should be able to get your hands on it soon. Or buy it. Jesus, or buy he's it. on our show. Or buy it. Or buy it. Hawk is book. It's, it's coming out just in time for Christmas. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> One under every tree. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks. My pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. This episode was taped at Cinnamon Sound Studios in Aurora, Illinois, and the music was written and performed by Brad Chagdis. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a contribution at Patreon.com slash Hemant. That's He-Man T. We appreciate your support. I'm Hemant Mehta. And I'm Jessica Blumke. We hope you'll join us next time.